This is CliffCentral.com. Hello and a very, very, very warm welcome to Beyond Ears and Eyes on Cliff Central. As always, pleasure to be with you and thank you for joining us, you know. And again, I'm Shemaine Harris. And I'm Liesl Tomanashemaine said, always a pleasure to be with you and always a pleasure to meet our guests. Totally. Shemaine, we have a return guest because we loved her so much last time <laughs> that we simply had to get her back. Colleen Joy Page, hello again. Oh, man. <laughs> All warm and fuzzy. Thank you. Awesome. It's lovely to be back. Thank you so much. Thank you. I was just saying earlier, you're my, one of my girl crushes. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so chuffed. I on you. <laughs> well, Colleen is, uh, amongst other things, a life coach. Uh, she has a company called Inner Life Skills. And what we're talking about today is limiting beliefs and how they impede our growth and Pre- prevent us from living our best lives. Hey, I sound like Oprah, don't I? <laughs> living oh. our best lives. Living our best lives, fulfilling our potential. <laughs> what What is a limiting belief? A limiting belief, very simply, is believing something that just ain't true. <laughs> like what? I mean, why would we believe something that's not true? Now, this is the most astounding thing. I mean, we, we can go our whole lives and believe things that aren't fundamentally, factually, deeply true. They may seem true. We might even have evidence to suggest that they're true. But if we take the time to dig a little deeper, to really, really do that brave, courageous thing called questioning and looking for the truth, we might find that those limiting beliefs held us to ransom. They're almost like inner dictators or tyrants that we want to turn right in our life, but this belief causes us to want to turn left or to to drive the life in a different direction. So isn't truth... um doesn't it come in, in, in bits though, in increments? Yeah, no so, sure. So, so, um, how, how do you know, you know, when you've stopped doing the limiting belief system thing? You know, because now we might think, oh yeah, we got this down, baby. <laughs> We're hooking ourselves up, you know, dun, dun, light. But then two years from now, we go like, oh, I know. You know, I must tell you a story that my ex-husband taught me. He, he he said that when he was in the army, there was this guy that was completely like nuts. And every single day, this guy used to pick up pieces of paper off the floor, like litter. And he used to pick up the paper and say, that's not it, and put it back on the ground. And he did this for days and days until eventually they discharged him. And they handed him his discharge <laughs> papers. And he said, yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, so sometimes people on the personal growth journey, they, they feel, you know, like, is this it? Is this it? Is, have I done it? Have I got where I want to go? Have I got where I want to go? And it can be frustrating. It can feel like this. When am I going to get it? So one has to be a bit patient. There isn't it, but it requires really sifting through all the sand to find the gold, you know, okay. to find the nuggets and it, it, we must be prepared or be willing or be open or available to challenge anything that isn't going to stand up to be fundamentally true at the deepest level. 
But your question, I mean, how do we know what is true? You know, that, I mean, that's like, oh man, now we're going deep. Hey, you've got to be prepared. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Look us up. Yeah, yeah. Look, I mean, obviously there's things that you can factually test. You can look in the world. But if you dig deeper, you'll find that even that's a challenge. You Google anything and you'll find evidence for both sides of the story, won't mm-hmm. you? Mm-hmm. Somebody will tell you eat carbs. The next one will say don't. And mm-hmm. I'm talking about something arbitrary, but mm-hmm. well, not so much if carbs are your enemy. But <laughs> But, uh, you know, then what about deeper things? What about those inner voices, the thoughts that uh, cause us suffering and that cause us to, to uh-huh. you know. So it's about fundamentally being being willing to test. So I'll, I'll give you a little tip that I use. Um, I'm, and it's something that everyone can actually practice, but at first it takes a little bit of time. Okay. I believe that wherever your attention is, that's what you're, that's where you're tuned in. Like people are tuned in right now mm-hmm. to us. They're hearing mm-hmm. us, but we actually have the ability to tune in and we can feel in our bodies, in our nervous systems, when something is true or not. Mm. And when I say true, I don't mean like, you know, is it true what the lottery numbers are? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, what's, I mean, like personal truth, yes, like so, your so, path, like what's next for you, you uh-huh. know? And it's individual because what's yeah. right for you or true for you is not for me or Liesl. Yes, kind of it's like a path thing. Mm. But actually, funny enough, ultimately, all those paths do lead to very similar universal truths. But yes, it's like almost following a river to the ocean. You're, you're going to follow this compass. Mm. I was very lucky. I found this compass inside of me very young. And the fundamentals are that if you pay attention to your body, there is an opening and a lightening when you're focused on something that is true. And there's a contracting or a heaviness when you're focused on something that is fundamentally not true. Mm. Now, this is outside of normal day-to-day pain. I mean, you, you cut yourself, you hurt yourself, life happens, there's pain. But suffering is the ongoing perpetual thing that... Mm-hmm. Normally indicates to us that something's, something that I'm focused on is, is factually just not true. And when I dig deeper, I'll find that. And when I find the truth, it releases us. And instead of the contracted heavy feeling, we get an, an opening feeling that replaces it. Let's just give a, let's give a typical girl example. So you look at the mirror. <laughs> boys too. You know, yeah, boys too. Absolutely. We look at the mirror and usually at this time of the year, everybody's thinking like, Oh yeah, about that gym contract. <laughs> so what I would call a limiting belief is a thought that comes into your mind that as you believe it and as you focus on it, you feel that heaviness, that contraction that has nothing to do with the scale, right? That there's actually just a tightening or a down feeling really. And, and that is my intuitive clue that that thought is flawed. And I must dig deeper for a truth. And if we're prepared to do that, we all have wisdom inside of us. Uh, I was teaching a class last, last night online. We, I'm so fortunate we have students around the world. I mean, Switzerland and the U.S. and locally in South Africa. And, and I was watching them go through this, pro- this exact process. Here comes a fear. Is it a video call? Yes, it's online yeah. sort of webinar based courses. So, so, <laughs> Somebody was describing her process and she was saying, there's now suddenly a fear. And I said, well, what's the thought that comes with that? And she describes the thought. I said, how does it feel in your body? She says, contracted and heavy. I said, now imagine going deeper and just 
even if you have to pretend for a moment that you have wisdom, because you might not believe, what does the wisdom say? And I also point people towards their bodies more than their minds, because uh, our bodies mm-hmm. are powerful, intuitive instruments. And anyway, she got this insight, and she, it just relieves the pressure straight away. Hmm. It's a, it's a, it's a quick shift. I'll give you a very, very simple example. A couple of years ago, I was feeling a bit stressed about cash flow, you know, another thing that a lot of people feel. And I sat down to coach myself and I asked myself the question, how do I make more money? Are these now, are, are these the tips coming now that, yeah, you, yeah. that you wanted to give? Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. So like, how do you make more money? So that's the thought, right? But my body contracted at the idea of trying, oh, I need to make money. I need, how do I make more money? How do I make more money? Now, then I ask my wisdom, right? So you've got to, you've got to first find the limiting belief. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you've got to notice how the body responds to the limiting belief and contraction is the clue that that thought is not true. Mm. Hence, let's go find a second opinion, you know, but somewhere inside for a second opinion. Mm. And so I, so I, I, I asked, well, why is my body contracting at the idea of making money? And this is going to sound a bit funny, but truly what came to me is we're not actually allowed to make money. It's illegal. You're not supposed to make money. No one's allowed to print money. You know, mm. the words were wrong. Mm. So when I said, well, what are the correct words? Then what came through or the, the thought that arrived that had a peaceful, open feeling was I must focus on how to create ways to earn money. This is different. Okay. Okay. So there's a creative process. Okay. Create ways to earn money is actually true. Making money is not true. There's another one. A lot of people torture themselves with I should. You know, the should disease. Uh-huh, uh-huh. I should make I dinner. Know, really I hurts. shouldn't eat chocolate. I should go to gym. Mm-hmm. That thought alone is going to contract your body. It's going to, the limiting belief is going to become like a physical prison inside. Mm. Sabotaging all your dreams and sabotaging what you really want. Mm. If you challenge it and if you're honest with yourself, you realize I don't have to do anything. Mm. I don't like many of us could just climb in our cars and just drive. If we have more freedom (laughs) than we (laughs) would ever realize. Yes. So the truth is I choose to make dinner or not. I choose to go to, to gym or not. And there's a consequence that I accept. Right. And you'll you feel that's the hard part. Yeah. <laughs> yes. The consequence, you know, yes. that you either sure. accept or not. Because there again, it, there's judgment. You judge yourself. Everyone else uh, go on that same trip and yeah. they judge you, you know, and, and then eventually then that's, I suppose, where your truth thing comes in. Yeah. You know, it's like what you're going to believe about everything that you and everyone Absolutely. else is saying about you. Absolutely. I mean, but I like yeah. that because it, 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 it goes back to taking responsibility. If yeah. I don't want to make dinner and my yeah. poor kids and my husband have to <laughs> starve or go to, I mean, they can choose to go get takeaways. Sure. Um, but it's, it's taking responsibility. It's for taking responsibility. if they are angry at me, yes. that is the consequence. Yes. But, you know, am I prepared to live with it? And mm. owning that will also open the body. It's like I accept the responsibility. Like perhaps you need to confront someone and that feels like your truth. Yeah. Yeah. So you accept responsibility for perhaps hurting their feelings, but it needs to be said type thing. You know, um, 
Um, I was listening to you now talking about, you know, just you've got the freedom to get in your car and go and leave. I know of a man who did that. He left his farm, he left his kids, he left his wife, and he just went and sat in the middle of the city. I mean, he literally, he said, goodbye, I'm out. Mm. You, know, <laughs> you know what I mean? So, and, um, you know, you always think, Shame, poor family. Sure. But you never go, oh my God, what courage it took for you to actually just drop everything and say, you know what, this is not working. I'm out. You, you sought your freedom. That's creativity. Well, you know, it's hard to say what anyone else's truth is. You know, we can hear stories like that and it's interesting to notice what it triggers in us. Like the many times that I've wanted to just literally drive, <laughs> funny <laughs> enough, once I give myself permission that I have a choice that I could, then I feel for what is true mm. and it feels honest and it feels integrous and it feels correct to stay. Mm. But to stay without the, the mind games of I should and I have to and the resentment and the guilt and the blah, 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 all the other stories that come with it, mm. it's clean. It, it becomes clean. Um, so there's so many, there's so many little limiting beliefs. I think my favorite ones to tackle and to encourage people to tackle are the shoulds, mm -hmm. to see it rather as a choice, to accept the consequences. I think that's a, that's a really big, a big one. one eh? And then all the, you know, let's just, if, ooh, can I go there? I don't know. The, the, <laughs> the, uh, the mind, it's just quite a, like a deep thought as well, but the mind is like an app, right? Uh -huh. He has the, if you want to know what the root limiting belief oh, I is. I forgot you one can, of those, can those I yeah. girls. Can I guess? Yeah, yeah. I'm not good enough. Yeah. Or I don't deserve love. Isn't that? Yes. Now, but. A uh, human condition. It, it is. But I'm going to go even deeper than, because those are very, very common and it's very good to challenge those. But okay. I'm, I'm going to see if I can go to the root. All right. Yeah. And we don't know. We're going to see if it lands. Okay, okay. <laughs> I'm going to see if I can. Test keep driving. Up. Test <laughs> driving. All right. And this is big guys. So brace yourselves. <laughs> the root is we actually believe we are our thoughts. So never mind that we believe wow. our thoughts. Hmm. We believe we are our wow. thoughts, which is why they carry so much weight. And why they flipping bully us all day. Wow. Now, everyone will tell you, well, stop having negative thoughts. Well, that's like, if I tell you, don't see the color yellow in, in the studio right now. She says in the Cliff Central studio. <laughs> exactly. I'm picking the brand color. Yeah. So if I say don't see the color yellow, and then the harder you try not to see yellow, what happens? You mm. check it out. You, and it gets brighter and more yellow. This is the nature of the mind. So, so fighting the mind, not a good idea. Seeing the mind for what it is, How very though? good idea. How though? Okay. Well, first of all, usually take someone to point it out. Mm -hmm. You, <laughs> if I'm sitting looking at a computer screen, I am the one aware of the screen, right? And I'm watching the words and I'm, I'm Googling and of course I'm visiting Cliff Central. Da -da, okay. Yeah. <laughs> there was no bribery. Disclaimer. The there was no bribery and corruption. <laughs> right. But you're, you're, the only corruption is, like I said at the beginning, I have a crush. On <laughs> That's cool. So, so if, if you're busy looking at the screen, you are the one observing the screen. So you're going to be discerning about what you see. Mm. You might read one website and go, nah, don't believe that. Mm -hmm. Next website. We don't do the same thing with our thoughts. 
because we believe every single one that arrives, even when they're fighting with each other, mm. even when they're giving us two very different points of view. You can have one thought that says, you're amazing. And the next thought, not really. <laughs> because if you actually pay enough attention to thoughts, you'll realize that they always arrive in opposites. And though, even if it's not apparent straight away, there's another one waiting in the wings for when you relax. <laughs> Can the positive one come a little faster though? Well, you see, this is going to get you free of that whole story. Even the positive negative idea. Mm-hmm. You, you are, you are, and you don't have to believe anything they have to say. You can test this in your own experience. You are aware of your thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. You exist before the thought, during the thought, and after the thought. Like in between the gaps of the thoughts, you are there, aware of the thought, right? Well, I don't know if one is sometimes aware of the thoughts or not. <laughs> well, aware, but you're present. Yeah, mm-hmm. there, there is something that is awake for the thoughts. Okay, so you're spaced out, but you're here. Not spaced out, completely no, no. present. No, I'm talking about what if you are spaced out? Do you still do you still consider that you're thinking? Are you still thinking? Well, it doesn't matter. Okay. You see, see, if we go... That's if, just a random question. It's like whether the screen's on or not. Does it matter? If you're the one looking at the screen, sometimes you look at it, sometimes you don't. Mm. This is freedom from the screen. If you get this and you start to be interested in this, it would be like, really? Am I, I'm not my thoughts? You know, when, when my students get this, it's like liberation. Mm. It's like a personal liberation movement, right? How do you feel, Lee, it's about that? If, if you are not your thoughts, and I like this idea, it's going to take a little time for me to, you know, yeah. just fully feel it. But if I'm not my thoughts, what am then what am I? <laughs> Getting <laughs> Alrighty. So, in the simplest language, you are that present, open awareness. Okay. You know, those best moments that you have in your life where you say, I feel like I can be myself. Mm. Also, those moments that just flow, where you just, the words just come, you know what to say, you know what to do. Mm. That's your, that, okay. Another example, you look at something that you really enjoy, like a river or a mountain or a beach, or, and for a moment, your thoughts are not the big center of stage. They are parked on the side, probably still rambling on like a Poor sports commentator, you know, our thoughts really <laughs> underpaid. underpaid no, I, I would say uh, my thoughts are definitely like a golf sports commentator. When you listen to these guys and they have to say things like, Jim, do you see how he's addressing the ball? <laughs> yeah, and watch how he's shuffling his feet, Jim. And you're like, oh, like minds, the th- minds, okay, thoughts, just fear, they're incessant. They just continue and continue. Uh-huh. Now, I'm saying that you could just let them go. Let them carry on. You don't have to fight them because then they get stronger. Uh You can just start noticing that there is something before thoughts. Because remember, thoughts are like language that you learned when you were a kid. Uh You existed before that. There is something innocent and beautiful that is just before the thought. That is you watching, aware of the thoughts. The thought he has another way. The thoughts are in you. You not in the thoughts. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. The thoughts are in, in you. You you're you're not, not in the thoughts. I like that. Yes, which so, gives you a little gap from them, which mm-hmm. means that you can challenge the ones that are limiting and cause you suffering. Mm-hmm. I want to go back to limiting beliefs. Mm-hmm. 
where, where do they start? How, how come if we come into this world, pure potential, all good and kind and fuzzy, <laughs> where the hell do we get the idea that I'm not good enough or I need to make money? Yeah. Yeah, we, we, we inherit them, obviously. We, we inherit them systemically from our family systems, uh, consciously, unconsciously. We inherit them from society, from our life experiences, which means that until we challenge these limiting beliefs, you are always bound by your past. Mm. Whereas what I'm going to call the true self, which is what I'm saying is that, which is like the thoughts are in that you're not in the thoughts. Mm-hmm. It's thoughts still come from you, but you're not them. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, just you know what I mean. Yeah, so, so you're a good teacher. You've been explaining it. Okay, well. cool, through, sure. Through, I'm, all, oh, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just teasing. so yeah. So so the moment you start to get even the smallest gap between you and your thoughts, and you start discovering this you that you are. You also become free of all that conditioning and all those you, – you can discover what the truth is. Mm-hmm. You can look at yourself in the mirror and you can go, okay, there's all the thoughts that I inherited from – you know, Aunt Mabel and the first boyfriend and, you know, all the, I was about to say magazine names, uh, all the different magazine names that condition us into this is what the ideal female or male body should look like. Mm-hmm. And we can say, well, I want to check if that's actually the truth. And, and people don't always know this, but you really have inside of you the power to find a true perspective. And like when I look at my stretch marks and my little extra flabbies and all the rest, if I look through the lens of my mind, I feel depressed and horrid and judgmental because that's an inherited belief. But if I look from this fresh place that is inside all of us, that is the true self, I actually smile and I feel warm because I see, oh, those stretch marks belong to having two children. Mm-hmm. The, the, you know, and there's just, and I actually find amazingly that I see something beautiful and I feel completely neutral about it. it. It's it can neutralize even that, mm. but it can't take them away. No, no. <laughs> but funny okay. enough, I find when I handle my belief about beauty and ugly and fat and thin and all these limited ideas, it is weird that my natural movement is to eat healthily and mm. to want to exercise, but for a different reason than the reason my limiting belief was making me do it for. Mm. Because if you're going around, you know, gymming like a mad person, sucking on lettuce all day, because because I don't want to be fat, I don't want to be fat. And there's this inner conflict and this war. You're doing it with this contracted state. It's Mm. not sustainable and it's torture. It's Mm. horrid. Mm. But if you're operating from this that I'm talking about, this free you that is to be discovered, it will be a choice. Like, I feel like it or I don't. Yeah. Mm. You know, the thing with um, discovering the truth, though, it sets you up. Sets <laughs> <laughs> you up for what, It friend? sets you up. You, you kind of, you have to make a choice. Because if you're indec- sure. indecisive, you know, you, you just, you're just messing about, you know. So, so therein lies the challenge mm. is how do you have the courage then to move, you know, yes. with what you've just discovered? Because it's almost like you, you have to, you are, you are, 
Um, <laughs> you know, because you don't get that for, for no reason. There's a reason why you get insight. And, and, and so you, you have to, again, take responsibility for not moving on your insights or your truths. You know? I like that. Courage. So, so, yes. so, so Colleen, with that, what, what Jermaine has just said, you know, you need courage to address yeah. a limiting belief. Yeah. For Would sure. that then explain why some people never face those limiting mm-hmm. beliefs? Yes, because sometimes, uh, you know, imagine <laughs> imagine being in a living in a in a in a cardboard box your whole life, and you've got this little tiny hole in the cardboard box, and you look through the little hole, and all you can see is a little tiny view of the world, and then somebody says, you know, the truth is. You're not in this box. The box is in you. You're actually, you can actually see with 360 degree view. You can have space and freedom. It can be the mind itself can say, Oh, no, no, no. We've decorated our box. (laughs) I've got my TV in the corner. Uh, I've got a whole lot of stuff. It can be like, no. And, and that's why this is not a better, this is not like a superior thing. It's a timing thing. It's, it's like if you honestly feel already that you have that hunger inside of you for truth, mm. you will want this. And if you don't, it's actually okay. What if you get tired because you get tired? Um, you know, moving <laughs> with the truth is tiring. It is tiring. Um, it's, it's, it, 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 you, you open yourself to getting hurt. Yes. What do you say to somebody who's like, do you know what? No more waves from my side. I'm tired. Y'all just go on and do what you need to do, but leave me out of it. Yeah. What do you say to someone who's so tired? It, it, it I would say go and rest. And, and I know that sounds like such a stupid, silly thing no. to say. I would just say, you know, I, I love nature for teaching us. We're, we're, we're living quite unnatural lives in some ways. You know, there's day and night. We're meant to have busyness and then we're meant to have sleep. Mm. We're meant to have productive times, active times. We're meant to have re- reflective, passive times. And, and if you're tired, you mean, it means rest. Mm. <laughs> it even means, if it's five years. Even if it's five years. Or seven. And, and I'm, <laughs> you know, I'm not talking about, you know, not doing your duty or paying the bills, but I'm saying you can pay the bills with the, the should torturer mm-hmm. or you can pay the bills with that they're just a practical thing and I can't, I choose to or not and there's a consequence and I accept them, you know. We, we, but we do pretend to ourselves a little bit. I'll say another thing with the courage. It, it's also a kind of autonomy. You've got to be willing to stand on your own two feet on this kind of path. Because you'll look around and you'll realize that, you know, if 20 other people are all believing something and you've discovered that this is not fundamentally true, there's a, the, the truth is that you'll still have uh, compassion and understanding, but it doesn't mean you need to go and like convert them to the truth because mm-hmm. they've got to find their own way and they've got to want to, you know, it, it, it still comes down to you got to want it, honey. You got to want it. So apart from making us really feel crappy about ourselves, yeah. what what impact oh. does a limiting belief have on our lives? Uh, that's the most beautiful question. <laughs> when you, it's one of the things you don't know till you know. When you're free of them, I remember being so angry at all the time I'd wasted and all the, which was also a limiting belief, funny enough, and then I got over that, but... You're, we are robbed of what I've come, I've started calling it 360 degree freedom, 360 degree love, 360 degree peace. 
we are robbed of what it feels like to go be anywhere in the world and to follow an intuitive, spontaneous movement of love and joy. It's like freedom like a child, but with the maturity and all the gifts of being an adult. Mm. Where you don't act, you can be at a rock concert and you can be like, woohoo, having a good time, and you're not self conscious. But neither are you trying to be different or try to grab attention. There's no grabbing. There's no pushing. There's no pulling. There's no inner war. So freedom, 360-degree freedom, 360-degree peace, love, that's what we're robbed of. And funny enough, this root belief is also that you are not whole and complete. Minam, the truth is, you're already everything you're looking for. This is not about becoming something. When you drop these beliefs, it's like dropping that cardboard box. The cardboard box just prevented you from seeing that the 360-degree view was always there. Mm-hmm. We, we discover I flipping was already what I was looking for. Um, I didn't have to improve myself. I just needed to get rid of the wall between me and what I was trying to see. So, I, I have to go there. <laughs> go there. Go, 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 go. Um, so, you just got married. <laughs> oh, I see. <laughs> I didn't know that. A little, a little, bit, of, a little bit of scandal. <laughs> no, not scandal. It's a beautiful thing. Yes, it it's is. It's a beautiful thing. And I'm thinking, okay, so you basically, uh, you're speaking about an emancipated state of being. And then I got married. And then you get married. <laughs> <laughs> like, what's that about, Cole? No, no. <laughs> No, no. I, I wanted to find out how that plays out yes. in your relationship now because it's, it's, I mean, anybody who tells you that marriage is just like two people shacking up, that's rubbish. Two people shacking up are two people shacking up. Yes. The implications are completely different once you sign that piece of paper. It's like it morphs into a complete being. You're correct. Of sorts. You're correct. How's it playing out for you and in your marriage well, now? Well, first of all, uh, you must know this was my second marriage. Congratulations. She's <laughs> at so, <laughs> the practice. So what I'm saying is, you know, you learn a little when you're young and, uh, yeah, uh-huh. hormonal. And <laughs> you see, there you go. You, you're like, you're doing that, that guilt thing or that, that thing. No, no. Listen, let me say, uh-huh. I, and I, I'll say relationships are our biggest testing ground. Mm-hmm. And I think they're very valuable because when you love someone, you will stay in the fire with them and face all your nunus that you wouldn't necessarily look at when you're on your own. Because mm-hmm, they help you test your limiting beliefs. Correct. You're going to find them. I always say that our, our, our relationships, it's like somebody gave them GPS coordinates to all our, our wounds. <laughs> <laughs> and they fire away after the honeymoon period, after the marketing, you know, where everybody's pretending to be showing their best. Yeah, yeah. all the good bits. How the ladies are eating lettuce and the guys aren't watching the TV in the corner of their eye or whatever. So, and I'm, I, so, um, so yes. Tread carefully now. I'm looking for a mate. Okay. So I would say, I would, and, and this is going to be a little cheesy, I suppose, but truly when you resolve your relationship with yourself at the deepest level, it makes relationships so much easier. Because if you know you're whole, you're not expecting somebody else to complete you anymore. And, and I think my, my relationship at the moment, one of the greatest gifts is we, we worked through a lot of 
every relationship will have its stuff. You've got two personalities, like two different operating systems. And it's, it, it's, for me, it's absolutely true that personalities are impossible to please. The true self is very easy to please, but personalities are impossible to please. So there's a, there's a always going to be a period of understanding. And one of the tools that I really find very helpful for relationships is the Enneagram. And if you ever want to do a program on that, we'll have a lot of fun, but it's, you know, it's a person. She's inviting herself. Yeah. I just, and I'm waiting for you to give her the answer. So we, we, we have looked at the Enneagram, but I think, uh, you know, it's time that we, perhaps, perhaps, yeah. perhaps we can update it. Yeah. But let's just finish sure. this conversation. So, yeah. So, so for example, my husband, and I, fortunately, I was with a man that wanted to grow. And I think that that is a real treat and a real gift. And I'm very grateful because then we could learn about ourselves and not hold each other accountable for our own nunus, if that makes sense. There's, there's some kind of personal responsibility. And I think our early years were not necessarily easy. Um, and then we got engaged at some point and then it felt wrong to get married. It's like the way I can't tell you. It was an intuitive feeling like, no. So, you've been so we were to, we were together for 14 years. Talk about Ooh. test driving that thing. Yes. And then suddenly a year ago, I felt that it was now. It was an intuitive thing. I'm such an intuitive creature and it felt right. And then we got married and it feels so good because it feels true. We didn't get married because we needed anything from each other. We didn't get married because we want each other to fulfill each other in any way. The personalities, we, we, we understand each other really, really well. Um, I think we'd worked on a lot of the inner work that you need to do in any relationship. And it had settled into something beautiful and mature. So I love the Sanskrit words. Yes, I'm going to bring some Sanskrit in here. It's called Dharma, right? And the word Dharma has a lot of meanings, but one of the meanings is like moral law, what is right, what is true, okay? And sometimes you do things because it's dharmically correct. You know, if I sign an agreement with someone, I'm following Dharma if I honor my agreement. And they felt like we needed to do something to legitimize our relationship that not because we needed to, but it just felt correct. It felt honest. It felt true. So that's my little take. And yes, it was beautiful wedding. And, and uh, even though I'm not somebody that necessarily needs or likes a whole lot of fanfare, it was beautiful. It was very sacred. It was exactly like we wanted it to be with family and friends. And it feels quite beautiful. It feels like something almost settled because of it. Yeah. So <laughs> that, that's beautiful. I'm, I'm feeling it. I'm feeling it. Okay. So you were, you were talking about, uh, more, uh, you know, doing things morally correct or that, uh, you know, morally correctness. Yes. And I, I heard something and I'm only bringing this up because I'd love to hear you guys' take on this. Um, so I heard someone say that, you know, uh, we are all God, obviously you know, or facets of God and God is experiencing his lives or his life through our lives. Um, and so there is no correct and there is no, um, no wrong as far as God is concerned. It's just a matter of I'm experiencing all these things. So whether you're murdering, um, whether you're sexually abusing, whether you're loving, whether you're giving, it's, it's, there is no, uh, 
there is no right or wrong with God. There's just the experience, um, and yeah. and that is part of creating and you know also growing from one generation to the next to the next. What do you guys think about that? <laughs> well, I have to say I love the fact that you take something that. I've been wanting to kind of work into this conversation <laughs> and articulate and it, eh? just articulate it so well. Aww. Because for me, you know, this idea that we live in a that that there's duality is part of our yeah our limiting belief as a species. Yeah. Because if we are both darkness and light. If we are both, and I'm using inverted commas here because people can't see my, my air commas. <laughs> so if we are both good and bad, yeah. um, we as humans, because we want to live moral lives and we want to be seen to live moral lives, we tend to suppress the sides that we have labeled as not good, not desirable. And it, it's like you said, you know, if you don't want to see the color yellow. Yes. It comes up all the time and becomes brighter and brighter. If we yeah. keep on denying that we have this dark side, mm. it it it's almost like it's it's setting us up for failure. So I so okay, very good question, very deep. Whoa, okay, so and and, and very important. Okay, so first of all let me say there are there are answers for different levels of maturity, right? So let's say, if we use that word soul, but we're not meaning it in a religious way, let's just say the essence of someone. Let's say, mm-hmm. the, let's say the essence of someone is young. Like a two-year-old, you don't just let run around the house with a knife. Mm. You say no. You parent it. You discipline it. You, when, a young, when a soul is young, they don't have the capacity to inwardly source this moral compass. They're not in touch with uh, this, this, this dharma themselves. Then it is important to have religion. It's important to have law. It's important to have that's wrong, that's right, when the soul is young. And it is just factually true. Mm-hmm. So it is actually, in a way... Before you l- continue with that... Mm. Um, what is young in, in our concept, in our human years? Is it like a thousand years or is it like two I, I don't years? think you could say. Okay. Uh, All right. Continue. For, yeah. But let's, so let's just broadly say there is still a youngness. Okay. There's a lack of wisdom. All right. And maybe that is because there's not enough experience yet. There hasn't been a, a lot of uh, whatever. Let's just say. So, so for, for, for a younger being or a younger soul, then there needs to be this, um, guideline. guideline and it's appropriate. So if you go and you bring an old soul truth to a young soul, that young soul will, can abuse can that mm-hmm. and even abuse it. Just like our egos inside of ourselves. You give a beautiful deep truth. Like there's no shoulds and there's no shouldn'ts. And the ego can grab them and say, well, I'm sitting on the couch then. Thanks very much. I'm checking (laughs) out. I'm checking out. I'm abandoning my family. I'm abandoning whatever. It can. And I'm not saying that story you used was (laughs) that because we don't know. But it could be, you see. Now, as we mature, the maturity and, and funny enough, being free of limiting beliefs, you discover an inner compass for Dharma. 
And there is just no way you would perpetuate evil. But at the same time, this, this, this natural conscience that then moves us, it doesn't have a forever rule attached to it. So it's not like the rules that you had to give the two-year-old, which was like you must never touch the hot plate. You must not touch the knives. Don't put your finger in the plug. There are not those forever rules now for an older, mature soul. So for one moment, it could be right to say um, in this moment, it feels correct to actually to say no Uh and the next moment it would be correct to say yes Mm -hmm. to exactly the same thing because we're responding intuitively in the moment one moment it'll feel right to hand the beggar some money and the next moment it'll feel wrong to Mm -hmm. there was not a rule that says i must always give money or i must always not give money Mm -hmm. there's an there's a like we are then in harmony with life with a greater life Mm -hmm. And actually, therefore, it is love that directs us, even if it's tough love, mm-hmm. even if it's fierce grace. There is something. Love, fierce grace. Yes. Fierce there's grace. even a, there's even a, and at that point, then even that, that belief, oh, well, everything's allowed, you know, that even, that falls away mm-hmm. because we actually don't get away with anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we don't get away with anything, you, you, if, if one has the attitude of anything I do is allowed and you're a young soul, oh, then I can kill, I can steal or whatever. You're going to pay, baby. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going to pay at some point. Is life going to go well? But life in its infinite love and wisdom is going to say, well, then there is a lack of maturity here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I, I just have to jump in here. When yeah. you started speaking about these young souls sure. um, and needing structures and, and rigid structures yeah. like religion. Yeah. Now, we are living in a time where religion is becoming in certain ways – less and less important to people. I mean, we see churches running empty. I've heard of a massive church um, Mm. that has gone down from 10,000 people per service to 200. Is it because we as a species are evolving and learning our lessons? Or how would you It could uh, be. I think there's some of that. And I also think it's a crisis of faith. I, I, the world is not in a uh, – we, we have to be blind to not see the world in a difficult space. Mm. You, you used to see like a hectic story once every now and then about some massive global event. And now everyone's questioning their leaders. Everyone's seeing corruption in every flipping mm-hmm. from pharmaceutical to drug companies, politicians – uh, police for you know you can't look anywhere without seeing something wrong with the system and and this is a crisis of faith and i think it's a opportunity to stop looking externally and to start looking internally to do the inner work you know to find this inner compass that I'm talking about and that for, that grows maturity. But I will say something else that recently I'm feeling really, really quite strong about and 
the wise souls out there, the older souls, unfortunately, they're usually the quiet ones because they're like not wanting to step on toes or they have no real need for attention. They're not going to grab the microphone, which means that a lot of young souls are running the place. Okay. And, and so while I, in some way I feel inspired to say, let wisdom have a voice, people. You know, we need more wise people with a microphone. We need more wise people speaking, asking questions and leading and st- because otherwise, you, you know, the wisdom will just happily sit because wisdom is quite uh, dispassionate and it can be. And, and this process that I'm talking about, the, a good portion of the time is spent getting rid of the limiting beliefs, becoming more neutral, becoming more peaceful. To complete the process, we need to add love to peace, but this love is a fiery love. It's a love that moves. It's not sitting under a tree or in a cave kind of love. It's love that will say, now I move not because of my ego, or my fear. Now I move by something inside that is love. And in funny enough, in some religions, they will say it is my will and thy will mm-hmm. become one, you know, mm-hmm. but from a mature place, mature soul place, it is, it is that something inside clicks in with the bigger wisdom of the universe. Your mm-hmm. personal wisdom and the universal wisdom become almost the same. And and then your life becomes a free, beautiful, joyful, but can be fiery act of service. So, you was I'm still on the soul thing because this sure. so old, old and young soul <laughs> thing it, it really it intrigues me. Sure. Because um, you always go like, so what would a young soul do, and what would an old soul do? But now the question that I do have for you is, what then about soul contracts? You know, um, so because we're talking about young souls tending to do things more possibly spontaneously or they need more structure or and, 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 and. But what if it's not a young soul? What if it's a a contractual thing, you know, that I come and I say, okay, I'm going to assist you. I'm going to help you, you know, and I'm going to hurt you because you need to learn that lesson. Not, not particularly, (laughs) not particularly, but you know, on, on those in that vein. Um, and then I, that, so, so, so what happens there then, you know, because, um, cause I mean, that has value. Sometimes we go, cause I don't want to sit at home and, and go like, oh yeah, you heard me, you're a young soul. In the meantime, it's somebody who said, I'm going to come and assist you with, with what you need to, to acquire. Uh, this is not the answer you want. Um, <laughs> oh no. <laughs> no, cause, cause, okay. So, and I, but I understand the question yeah. and it's one that, these are the kinds of questions I, I, I spent many years actually working with. Mm-hmm. So you know they're up there. They're oh, there. totally. Yeah, the questions are valid. But funny enough, they're, they're questions that only the mind would ask. Hmm. And, and I know that this, this sounds like I'm taking the exit route out of this, and I'm no, not. No, no, it's interesting. The, the mind is a funny thing. The mind wants to know things like, so then what's the meaning of life then? And why are there still murderers? And, you know, and... It wants all that kind of information and it's, it's fun, but it's the wrong app for the job to get a real answer. I can give you glib so go, answers. Go and then, uh, which app do you use to get the right answers? <laughs> you, you have to go deeper than the mind. You have to go to a place of knowing. You have to go to the stillness 
that you have to actually be out the box to get the truth of that kind of thing. You have to be out the box, which maybe we call enlightenment, right? Okay. Without robes and sandals. Heels are fine. That's what my latest little line is. Okay. But, okay. So, I mean, I spent many years uh, working with understanding souls, working with some of the top people in the world. I was very, very lucky always. Michael Newton, I don't know if you know Michael Newton. Love his work. Well, I was, I were, I trained in Chicago and London. Yeah, yeah. So you he passed. He passed away last year. Oh no! Yeah, Mister Michael soul. Newton, author of Journey of Souls. So and and yes, and Destiny of Souls. And Destiny and, of Souls. Yeah, I'd love to talk about that when you're available. <laughs> okay. So, but but I, what I'm what I'm saying is, I did that work because it was uh-huh. a very important part of the inquiry. Now, okay. So understanding the soul, I think, is really helpful, and I think it gives us a bridge out. Um, strangely. I'm sounding very woo-woo at the moment, but I'm probably one of the most skeptical down-to-earth people you've met and one of the most mystical people you're ever going to meet because I test everything to the flippin' nth degree, mm-hmm. and it can take me years to go, all right, there's some validity here. After I've done my own regressions and worked as a regression therapist for years, you know, it's like that. Mm. And And I would say that there is something deeper than the soul. Okay, now this is going to be like, what? What? There's something deeper than the soul? Because <laughs> souls, souls are maturing and they, in, in this, they're, they're, they're maturing like anything in nature. Souls are like as natural as anything in nature. You watch a tree flowering, then getting fruit. It goes through a young stage. It goes through seasons. And our souls go through seasons. They go through winters and autumns and springs. And in the flowering of the soul, what is realized is that the soul is like a little jewel. Rumi always describes this beautifully in in his poetry. It's like the beloved. It is this most precious expression of God. It is this most precious little reflection of the all. Yeah? But there is something that is still aware of that. We have two minutes. <laughs> and that is your true, true self as pure consciousness, as awareness. And that's going to seem like, but that's the same, Cole. You're not in the mind. The mind is in you. You're not even in your soul. Your soul is in you. Okay, so this is so there's something an, behind the there soul. is something some behind, the soul. behind the star behind and, the star. And yes, and that which is you, which is here, which is witnessing this moment right now, which is present, the most ordinary thing, mm-hmm. is equal to your life and is free already of all limiting beliefs. You know, that boggles the mind. I know. <laughs> there are very few people that want that level of truth. Mm-hmm. But for those that do, it's like winning the lottery to 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 get this kind of freedom. I, I just know sometimes when I think of these things, I just I have to stop. I have to shut it down. Yes, you know, I have to shut it down because otherwise mm. I'm going to be going to an institution <laughs> and they're going to feed the, me pills. The, the mind can feel like <laughs> that, and and actually the real path can be quite tough like that. Mm. It can feel like. And it's good to be discerning. It's good to, you know, take your vitamins and, <laughs> and to stop when you need to stop. And to stop when you need, and not as a discipline, but if there's a genuine desire mm-hmm. and as the, if it feels like, cause old souls get tired and weary. Aye. And that weariness is usually a sign of it's now time. 
We're gonna. Sure. I'm gonna sure. stop it at that. Pauline, we've got you down for at least two more interviews this year. So, You're beautiful. Uh, it was an absolute pleasure to have you back ah, in the studio. Thank with us. you, thank and you, beautiful I just, ladies. I can listen to you forever. I mean, I just love the truth you're speaking and and the wisdom. Thank you so so much. From me, Liesl Tom, take care of yourself. Colleen also from me. It was fun having you here. Thank so, you. Colleen Joe Page and I am Shemaine Harris bidding you a goodbye. And remember, kindness is sexy. This is CliffCentral.com.